0: Ah, ah, wait, I don't need him. I, I do. I'm not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years; it's the mileage.
1: On this debut episode of Rehash, we will be rehashing Indiana Jones. My name is David, and this is my teaser for a sequel to Indiana Jones. The year is 1977. Indiana Jones has just died. He leaves behind an estranged daughter, a vengeful enemy, some priceless treasures, and a few secrets. To find and protect her father's life's work, Aurora Jones will need to uncover his secrets, evade his enemies, and channel his adventurous spirit.
0: And I'm Ryan, and here's my pitch for a fifth Indiana Jones movie. Disney, you didn't spend $4 billion on Lucasfilm to make a couple of -of run-of-the-mill Star Wars movies, no. It's time to reboot Indiana Jones in a way that is faithful to the originals, gives Harrison Ford a chance to ride off into the sunset again, and recast Indiana Jones in a time-traveling adventure that sets up the series for another generation of adventures.
1: Let's rehash Indiana Jones. I'm intrigued, Ryan. <laughs> me
0: too. Did you just kill off Indiana Jones? I did.
1: He's dead. He's dead. Yep. This is the beauty. This is, uh, this is the first episode of Rehash. Thank you for being on board and joining me for it. So I'm excited. This is how uh, this is how it's going to go. First one, we'll see how things shake out. But the whole idea here is that we're going to pitch creative new ideas for sequels prequels remakes or reboots of popular movies so you wanted to start with Indiana Jones I thought that was a great way to kind of kick off this uh, podcast because it's a it's a series a lot of people love uh, it's an accessible thing um, so that's kind of why I wanted to start with that one so I was definitely intrigued even though I had already heard you know they were thinking about already doing a sequel to that but I tried not to read a whole lot about that it seems like it's pretty secretive number one um, Spielberg is has already from what i've read kind of bowed out and said "Yeah, we didn't quite get it together so maybe
0: you and i will have the idea that they decide to go with i'm i'm hoping yeah because if it wasn't for covid uh we might have already gotten confirmation that they've started filming but right until we see set photos of harrison ford in a fedora (laughs) nothing's a guarantee i i'm still cautiously optimistic that we get a fifth one but I don't think anything's a, a sure thing until, until we see it.
1: I agree. So maybe somebody out there is listening and wants to uh, pursue one of our ideas. So uh, I'll do my pitch first, I guess. Uh, so you heard my teaser. Yes, I killed him off. Uh, kind of going with that Ryan Johnson, The Last Jedi, kill off the past yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to move forward. But, I mean, the reason I started with that clip, though it's not the age, it's the mileage, is I, I just felt like that's going to kind of set the tone for the conversation a little bit because – Harrison Ford, 78. He can't run around and be Indiana Jones anymore. So whatever direction you want to go, I just I can't see him being uh, the focal point of it. you got to pass the torch at some point. If you want this series to live on, you, you do have to go in a different direction. It can't involve Harrison Ford at some point, right? Absolutely. So, so I killed him off. Uh, Aurora Jones, his daughter. By the way, I should also point out, I am pretending that the fourth movie never happened, which oh. is a thing, right, that that happens in Hollywood now. We're going to make a sequel, but we're only going to pretend these two happened, and this one never did, and I'm just, so that's, I, I just, just didn't.
0: Terminator or yeah. Uh, Halloween, uh, yeah.
1: That's how I kind of worked around Shia, also because he's just kind of a dirtbag, and I don't want him to be in canon anymore. So in my movie, that one never existed. So the first three, absolutely. And then this one. So we jump ahead from the 30s and 40s to 1977, which puts Harrison slash Indy, basically the age that Harrison
0: Ford is, which is in his late 70s. And he's just killed. He's dead. He's He's gone. Uh, so <laughs> do, do I interrupt and say, so you're also considering the young Indiana Jones Chronicles out of canon, too? Yeah. Where we see a 98-year-old Indy. I know. I'm
1: killing a lot of uh, canon here. <laughs> I, I understand. But, uh, yeah, you got to be flexible, right? This is my movie. So <laughs> the title uh Aurora Jones and the Quest for Indy's Hidden Treasures. So yeah, the idea here, the premise is that when he he was basically um oh and my tagline, new beginnings, same old adventures. Felicity Jones is who I want to play Aurora Jones. I, love I like it. for I like the parallel of the Jones for one. Um, but she's about the right age, so she would have been... I like to play pretty close to... I don't like to play around with the age being too far off. And So she's 37, which would mean if she was roughly that... Her character is roughly that age, that she would have been born to Indy and whoever the mother is, which I haven't figured out yet either. Uh, around 1940. Sure. Okay. 77, I chose. Can you guess why I chose 77? Um,
0: there was a lot going on, uh, namely the release of... Another little Lucasfilm project. That's exactly why I chose it. Because I
1: want a scene in there at some point where somebody, or maybe whether it's Aurora or somebody, walks by a movie theater and Star Wars It's on the marquee. That's just a little shout-out to just George a Lucas. Little, uh, right? yeah, I love it. So, yeah, let me give you the deeper uh, setup for, for my movie. So, um, so Indy has just died. After learning of her father's death, Aurora attends an auction of his estate and includes many artifacts from his life's uh, adventures Uh, the final item that comes up for bid is a book that we see we can tell by the look on her face uh, she's kind of both interested and puzzled that this book is there at auction Um, the auctioneer begins to describe the item and uh, he basically describes it as you know uh, it was rumored that dr jones frustrated by the bureaucratic nature of of uh, his life's work, basically the fate of the Ark of the Covenant and that whole debacle, uh, he begins to kind of secretly stash away some of these artifacts that he has uh, found over the years. And so he has his own little stash uh, that he's hiding away to keep them out of the hands of both his enemies and the government. And while many believe that this is nothing more than urban legend, the book is said to contain the secrets defining uh, his treasures. So at the very least, as the auctioneer kind of goes on, this will make for a compelling, you know, coffee table conversation piece in any artifact collector's home. And so they kind of start the bidding and all that. And we get a little flashback then uh, at that point to Aurora and receiving a strange, or maybe not strange, but a package in the mail. And it's it's from her dad, from Indy. And in it is a book, exactly like the one she now sees at auction. And there's also uh, a, like a jewelry box and then there's a letter. So, you know, she reads the letter and I started trying to write the letter and it, it didn't feel right. But the gist of it is we, we get the idea that Indy was was not a great father for her and that kind of thing. Um, he wants to try to make things right. He, kind of, he probably realizes he's about to die, which is why he's sending her this book. And um, he also tells her. uh you know did we ever tell you why we named you aurora it's latin for dawn and new beginnings and that whole kind of thing and we felt like when we had you it was a new beginning for us i don't really say who the mom is and i haven't really decided who the mom is and i don't know that it matters um i don't think i want it to be uh gosh what's her name from the uh, marion marion i don't think i want it to be marion in part because uh they already did
0: that even though i'm pretending that movie didn't happen (laughs) um there's a there's an alternate universe that still exists right yeah well and I, I like what you're doing too because it parallels Sean Connery is right uh, yeah and and the uh the naming that you 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 gave it a little more meaning and a little more heart than a silly line about the dog that which we named is the dog Indiana classic and I love yeah. that line but it's nice to yeah, take that moment a little more seriously up front. I like it. Yeah
1: so, yeah, so yeah, I like that. And then you'll see that there's there's more to that. So she in the jewelry box, there's an amulet. It's a it's a sun, and she turns it over, and there's just one word inscribed on it, and that's dawn. So when she gets the package, she didn't really think much of it or couldn't really quite figure out what that was all about. But um, so now we go back, you know, to the auction. We come out of the flashback. The bidding has ended. Um, and, uh, she decides to approach, uh, the auctioneer to ask him a little bit more about this, uh, this book. And, um, she passes by, uh, the guy who just won the bid and he's, uh, a sinister looking guy, if you will. <laughs> and, um, my sinister guy, by the way, so my ca- uh, further casting is, um, from, well, you're more than a Game of Thrones fan, right? So you may not know, um. Nikolai Costa waldo yeah, you
0: know, he, he came up on my short list too. He did, yes, okay. yes, he did.
1: He just feels like he could play an indie villain really well. I, yeah. So yeah, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones is fine. He's my sinister man who wins the book at auction. So as she walks up to see the auctioneer, she kind of, they kind of lock eyes, you know. And and uh, she approaches the auctioneer, and she basically wants to know, you know. What do you think of this book? Do you think there's anything to it or not? And um, so the auctioneer basically says, well, it doesn't matter whether it's you know what I think or whether it's you know legit or legend. Uh, it appears that the book is encrypted anyway. So it's really nothing more than, like I said, kind of a conversation piece because I don't think the owner of the book is really going to get much out of it uh, because it's encrypted. And she's like, hmm, encrypted, right? He's like, yeah, much of the text in the book is a cipher. And without the keyword, the possessor will never really uncover, be able to uncover its secrets. So now she has, now she kind of has like a light bulb moment, and then she thinks back to the receiving the book and the and the amulet and the dawn and all that. She kind of looks at the pendant that she received. She's now wearing and looks at dawn, and she's like, she has the light bulb moment. Dawn is the keyword that's going to unlock the cipher. So she now has the key to unlock the book. Sinister guy has the book, so he kind of has a map, but he's never going to quite... Kind of parallel to the Raiders of the Lost mm-hmm. Ark, where they kind of were digging near where the Ark was, but they didn't quite have it. So he'll always be kind of close, but not quite there, and she's got the key. So the way I kind of have it unfolding is is uh, they both kind of start off you know, on their little treasure hunt, and maybe like the second leg of the tour, if you want to call it that, in, one, in one, whatever exotic city... Uh, where she's just come out of finding like another key or another clue or whatever. He sees her. And then he puts two and two together. That's the girl I saw at the auction. He starts to figure out, right, something's going on. So a chase chase scene ensues. Um, During the chase, um, he basically decides, probably smarter to let her go, I'll let her lead me to the treasure. So that is my basic setup. So, you know, kind of has the questions that still are to be answered by a screenwriter or a director or whatever. Does the treasure really exist? Does Aurora find it? Does she find it? And then, a lot, again, like raiders, have to keep chasing it back down to get it, mm-hmm. steal it back again, that kind of thing. So that is essentially my framework. So your thoughts?
0: I, <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, the killing off Indiana Jones is a hard pill to swallow, but I think you make a point, And that's part of your point is that it can't be Harrison Ford forever. And I like that you have not recast mm-hmm. that you, this is pushing it forward with the next generation. Right. And, and I think there are a lot of reboots or, or things where we want to keep seeing the same characters over and over again, but, we we can do a next generation Star Trek, arguably. Yeah, and, uh, its best stuff is the next generation. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, the the only thoughts I have are how much of Indiana Jones is indie and the settings, mm-hmm. and is there a way to keep that going in a more modern right. world with that same feel? But I think yeah. the the treasure hunt puzzle solving aspect that you've got. Mm-hmm. Answers that question that you, you, that's the focus that's being carried on, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely wanted to have that feel to make it feel like the original movies that we love. Um, one of the problems, of course, is going to be that since Indiana Jones, there's been so much that's come out that's trying to be Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider, which started as a video game and then became a movie, Uncharted, which was a game that's now becoming a movie. (laughs) uh national treasure you know all those types of things have been out there that are trying to be indie and now you know are there any original ways
0: to tell these same kind of stories will be the challenge yeah, it's funny as i was coming up with my ideas too every time i'd come up with something i'd go oh no that's in national treasure was one of them right go too close to that uh, and the other one was uh, uh, the robert langdon uh, da Vinci yeah. code yeah oh, like, oh yeah no too close to that so
1: yeah. yeah that's another one i didn't think of so yeah there's there's been a lot in that sort of uh uh milieu if, if you, you will so yeah it's gonna be
0: hard to... you're right that it's, it's funny that indiana jones back in the 80s was still an uh, an homage to adventure movies oh, yeah. and serials from from decades before but everything that we have now yeah really traces it back to Indiana Jones that Indiana Jones oh, boiled yeah. it down and now everything is a, absolutely absolutely inspired by if not ripped off of Indiana yeah Jones. i was thinking the same thing like
1: indy was you know Raiders of Lost Ark maybe wasn't completely original at the time either Treasure of the Sierra Madre, things like I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of things influenced George Lucas and Steven Spielberg there, but but that's not that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean that, but indie really became the the kind of set the bar for those types of movies. But so yeah, I think that will be the challenge is can you come up with any unique uh, one thing I do want is a chase scene at some point. I did put a note that I want a chase scene that occurs like in a snowy. Environment Because if you look at the indie movies, they're all desert, or uh, tropical. tropical. Yeah. Yep. So I want... It's not that that's never been done either. There's been some cool, like, snow chases, like Inception and Die Hard 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James Bond has had some. But I just want... I feel like indie needs a good snow chase scene, like on skis or... You know, whatever it is. So I I have that as an extra note. Um, The hat. I have a note about the hat. So at some point, I do want Aurora to try on Indy's iconic hat. But then I want her to, like, quickly take it off and toss it. Like, it didn't work for her. It's just (laughs) not, you know, it didn't look good on her. Uh, Because I think that will be kind of a funny moment. Uh, And, yes, I I do realize, before you say it, I hated the lightsaber throw (laughs) scene from The Last (laughs) Jedi. But this is not like that. I am going for humor, but... It's not quite the same, so don't even try.
0: I to... won't. <laughs> uh, can I ask? Unless you want to talk about this later, uh, what would her her getup be? Because I Ooh. feel like that's also an iconic part of the franchises. You need something that people can dress up as for Halloween.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Do you and, have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, the fact that it takes place in 1977 mm-hmm. gives a whole lot of bad fashion. It really does opportunities. So yeah. bell bottoms, and I'm guessing that's not what mm-hmm. you would suggest.
1: Well, I don't know. It might be kind of fun. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because, yeah, 77 yeah. lends itself to a lot of different ways we could go with that. Yeah. But, hey, that's something, too, for the listeners. Because we want feedback. That's another thing we want is we want people to, when they listen to this, give us your ideas. Not only what did you think of our ideas, but how would you do this or that, or how would you improve on what we talked about? So there's a point for you right there, listeners. You can tweet at us. So at Rehash Podcast is where you can follow us on Twitter and uh, tell us your thoughts. What should her, her getup be? So that is my more flushed, fleshed out uh, idea. Uh, any other nits you want
0: to pick with it? or um, No. So you would see I this think- movie? It's got Indiana Jones, <laughs> and, and that's something that I, I think we were gonna uh, talk about is that when you, when it's a franchise, you have a built-in audience, a, right. a certain you, you're gonna sell a hundred million dollars worth of tickets just yep. the fact that it's remotely tied yeah. to Indiana Jones. The question is, is that it? Kind of like what Solo was. Right. Well, only the hardcore fans really went and saw that. No one else. Yeah. Uh, still made money, but not enough to get a sequel. Yet. Yeah. Does a movie that doesn't have Indiana Jones in it yeah. stand enough on its own? That I should you're acknowledge bring a new audience in. Yeah, that I'm not totally
1: wiping him out because yes, he's dead, but you know his voiceover will be reading the letter. There may be a couple flashbacks where he can make his final appearance.
0: So Harrison Ford does yeah. appear at least as absolutely. Voice and I should, yeah,
1: I should definitely have made and, that point.
0: And no recasting. No okay
1: no so yeah i i wanted his voice to read the letter i want a couple flashbacks where he gets to have his like send off moment but it's definitely passing the torch it's aurora it's Aurora's show now exactly. so maybe she'll get a trilogy or whatever it is so.
0: and that's and that's i think that's the, the the thesis if you will of your proposal is it's a passing the torch to absolutely a next generation
1: yep i think if you want this thing to live on you you, you have to go either that way or the way it sounds like you might be going which is a, more of a reboot. Yes. So let's seg into that. What is, give me your more in depth pitch. What is your title?
0: Um, well, in, in the spirit and, and history of really lame sounding Indiana Jones movies, um, and this is up for debate too, uh, because I fear that my title gives away an ending or at least a turning point in the movie. But what I came up with right now is Indiana Jones and the Book of Time. Ooh. I actually like that a lot. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's Temple of Doomy, where mm-hmm. it's well, you don't know what it is, but ooh, it's mysterious. Yeah. Um, but the the time thing might might give away the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least my pitch to yeah Disney mm-hmm. is, and and this might be cynical of me, you know, that uh, part of I think the sale is. Um, this is a franchise. You you want a future, mm-hmm. and you want to be able to keep this going forever. And I, I think in in coming up with my pitch, I was thinking back to the history of Indiana Jones, and I've always wondered why uh, Indiana Jones is what came out of, of Spielberg's desire to do a James Bond movie, mm. is what I always heard was that he wanted to have his own franchise. He wanted to direct a Bond movie, but that never mm-hmm. happened. And so there's a lot of James Bond influence in Indiana Jones, and mm-hmm. I think you can see it in the action sequences. In the, it's it's not too serious. It's lighthearted. There's comedy in the action, um, and I think that's the influence more than plot. Yeah, but taking from that, that James Bond has been recast, and I'm sure back in 1969, the first time they recast uh, James Bond with uh, mm-hmm. from, from Sean Connery to uh, George Lazenby. People probably didn't like it at the time, and it Mm -hmm. seems like every time they announce a new actor, there's people on the internet or whatever it was when it came out that say, oh, there's no way that Pierce Brosnan's going to be a good Bond, and there's no way that Daniel Mm Craig... So I think knowing that that doesn't necessarily happen, let's run with that and let's give an opportunity to recast Indiana Jones. Um, But I didn't want to just wholly reboot. I want this to be in canon as a true sequel, but an opportunity to go back... Um, Not quite a Star trek Calvin timeline where we're rewriting the past. Yeah. But, um, and maybe not as epic as a Godfather Part Mm -hmm. II. But the idea I had was a a parallel storylines where it starts in 1974, similar period of years where Harrison Ford is playing an older Indiana Jones in his mid to late 70s. Um, And it starts with a... Journalist coming up to him who's uh, been trying to you know hunt him down for, for years to get mm-hmm. him to go on the record about some of his adventures. Oh. That presumably Indy's famous-ish in, mm-hmm. in certain circles. This is a pre-internet period. So yep. uh, they come down and ultimately the thing they really want to talk to him about is the Voynich 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 Manuscript. I don't know if you're familiar with this thing. I'm not. But it's a real thing that has some history and, and maybe some of our listeners okay. know more about it. But the gist of it is it's this book from the 14 or 1500s that is entirely in in some sort of codex or script or language that has never been identified and never been translated. There's theories on what it is. There's drawings in it of, mm-hmm. of uh, plants, and people think that it might be some sort of either lost language or, or secret code uh, of you know, natural remedies for things. I think there's like some star charts in there. So there's, hmm. yeah, no one knows what it is. And some guy named Wilfred Voynich bought okay. it. It has a history where uh, some organization was selling books uh, to the Vatican and this private collector somehow got a bunch of these books. This was one of them. Hmm. This is the real history. He spent years in the, in the 19-teens uh, getting different, you know, uh, scholars to try and translate this thing. No one could do it. Traded hands a couple of times after that. Has a weird long history of being owned by nobles or okay. rich people over the past couple hundred years, uh, and now in real life, this thing sits in in I think Yale University. Huh. So that's my my MacGuffin. If you okay. would, for this is this real thing, and, and trying yeah. to tie in as some real history as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so this journalist comes to D and D says, Hey, you know, I really want to talk about this because I know that your family. Has a long history with this book, mm-hmm. and Indy finally kind of reluctantly goes. All right, you know, I won't go on TV, but I'll tell you what you what you want to know. And yeah. it flashes back to 1912, which I believe is the same year that uh, 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 Last Crusade starts. Okay, but instead of seeing a 13 year old Indy, we see a 30 30- or something, 40 year old Henry Jones Senior okay. and Marcus Brody. Who oh, cool. will be recast as as younger people. We'll get to my casting mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um but ultimately, yeah, this real guy, this Wilfred Voynich, seeks them out. Um I, I think that's one of the neat things that they hint at, especially in Last Crusade, is that yeah, you know, Indy's dad has yeah. had some adventures of his own. And right. this is a tease into one of those. Yep. Um, and basically, yeah, they they start working on this thing. They get really deep into it. I think we see some of it. Probably an action scene where, you know, they're being chased by somebody who wants this book. And that's where the mm-hmm. fiction comes in. It diverges from real history is mm-hmm. that I don't think there's ever been any yeah. you know, wars fought over these books <laughs> or people killed over it. But we'll add that into this sure, story. Of course. And ultimately, yeah, they they realize that, you know, these books are dangerous. Get away from us. You're crazy. We don't want anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe, and in real life, some people have accused this Voynich guy as as mm-hmm creating the thing on his own that some people think the whole thing is a hoax. Okay. So maybe we kind of leave the, the Henry Jones senior end of that where they're convinced it's a hoax. Right. Flashback to the modern time, uh, because Indy's story gets interrupted by another set of people chasing after him for this book. So him and the reporter have to, you know, go off. We give Harrison Ford a chance to have a a chase scene. Like you said, I think we need some action scenes. Yeah. Um, and that's where Indy and the reporter, Indy calls him out and says like yeah, there's more to this than you know who are these people and uh-huh. we find out that yeah this it's not just a matter of Indy's story or it's the reporter clearly has a, a, a stake in the game and, and mm. wants Indy to not only find the book for him but translate it oh So then the reporter says, like, I know there's more history than just your dad giving up on it. So Mm -hmm. then we flash back to somewhere around 1925, where we have a 26-year-old-ish young Indy, Mm -hmm. who at this point I think is kind of estranged from his dad. I'm trying to think of the actual timeline, but we know that Indy and his dad have, have, you know, been at odds. Yeah. Um, And I think... In young Indy sees this as an opportunity to do something his dad didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So he gets involved back in the 20s with this Voynich manuscript, the same thing. Probably the same guy coming to him going, your dad was close. Mm. Your dad was close, but you, I think you're the one who's going to be able to do it. Indy takes Mm -hmm. it on as a challenge, heads back to Chicago, just because I want Indy to come back to Chicago. Uh, In canon, he went to the University of Chicago, where he studied with uh, Abner uh, Ravenwood. Ravenwood? Yeah. So I think we see him, meet him, um, and together they try and decipher this book. And maybe this is the halfway point through the book. Again, mm-hmm. some action scenes in between. They're constantly being chased by sure. by bad guys. So you're going back and forth, yeah, to seventy four with them being so kind of chased a down. Far flashback, and yeah. then at this point, what it's going to be? Yeah, kind of two parallel stories where indie young indie in the twenties and old indie in the seventies
1: mm-hmm.
0: are both chasing down. Um, basically the same book that has been lost in right. two different time periods.
1: Oh. I have to hear your casting. Yeah. So Okay. Nineteen seventy four
0: Indy. So nineteen seventy four Indy is Harrison. Ford. Harrison Ford just Absolutely. Made it look little
1: seventy four ish.
0: Yeah. It's close enough. I think Harrison Ford can pass for yeah. four or five years younger yeah. than he really is. Yeah. Okay. Um this is this is where the big one was, and this took me a long time and I don't think I see anything talking about him on the internet. Cause there are a lot of fan casting as a younger Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, but my, this one is,
1: you did not see this. I one. have not
0: seen anyone online talking about this. Okay. Uh, and somebody call me out if I'm wrong, if somebody beat me to this. Um, Taryn Edgerton. Ooh. Uh, I know he's British. Um, but I think what we've seen him in uh, Kingsman proves that he can handle kind of that action comedy round. Uh, my favorite thing about Harrison Ford in any movie he's in is he gets beat up in such a believable, realistic oh, way. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's iconic. And I think the only other actor I've ever seen go, oh, ah, yeah, he gets beat up the same way Harrison Ford does is Nathan Fillion. Okay. Who, if this was 20 years ago, I would have said recast indie with him. How does he um, spell his name? Which, Taron? Yeah. T A R O N E G E R T O. Okay, I'm looking him up because I wasn't that familiar with that. So, oh yeah, okay. So I think he's about 30, 31 now. So, mm-hmm. yes, he'd be playing several years younger than he is, but one, I think he can pull it off. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. That's a good choice. Two, and the biggest reason is uh he could carry the franchise on for more movies after this mm-hmm. that would take place in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Okay. And so that's my idea that this is a passing the torch again, but not to a next generation, but to a recast to somebody who can then have adventures in the same time period as the original movies. Okay. Just like, uh, uh, I guess the Star Trek reboot kind of did. We're not rewriting Indy's history. Yeah. Um, But at least we've gone back and now we can fill in those gaps. I think the biggest time period from what we've learned in Indy 4 is that during World War II, he was effectively a spy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, we never see Indy in the actual throes of World War II, and I think right. uh, if you cast somebody younger who can then grow into that, or at least wait a few years, and yeah. get those movies, I think that's a an yeah. opportunity that we missed with Harrison Ford without right. making any movies in the nineties. Or
1: that's a really yeah. I like that. That's a that's a good direction to go because yeah, you, when you're going back in time like that, then uh, everything's
0: on the table. Yeah. As far as, yeah recasting and all that so so um so at least and i haven't fleshed out all the details with exactly the plot but the idea being that this is a book that has constantly changed hands Mm -hmm. there's lots of people looking for it um with him being in the 20s in chicago i think you absolutely have to have a a gangster Mm. uh element to it where at that point that's who's chasing him. Um, and, and basically, yeah, you run two parallel stories where it's mm-hmm. young indie chasing after it, and then by the end of that story, you find out, you know, why it got let go or whatever. Old indie finds it, and then eventually at the climax of the movie, you find out that it's not really time travel, but the book itself is time traveling. And maybe I'm borrowing a little bit from hmm. Tenet here, but we find out that the book itself is, is kind of static in time, mm. that whatever happens to it happens to it at any time in history um, old Indy, um, this is the guy the, the, okay, I'm realizing. <laughs> is Christopher
1: it. Nolan directing yours?
0: I thought about him, but I don't <laughs> think the time travel is going to be nearly complicated enough for him.
1: Well, just hand him over your treatment. He can make it more, complicated. Make it more
0: complicated. Basically, what we find out is that the journalist who has got Old Indy uh, is a descendant of. The people from the 20s and even earlier who have been chasing after this thing too, because they found out that the secrets are, yeah, this book is this weird thing that can communicate between times. If you write something in the book now, people 50 or 100 years ago are also going to be able to see it. So the journalist is, you know, got Indy at gunpoint, telling him, you know, you're going to get this book for me, or you're going to hand it over to me, or I'm going to kill you, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Indy realizes, wait a minute, 50 years ago, I had this book in my hand. Yeah. And Indy realizes that, yeah, the, the journalist is a descendant of the person he was with 50 years ago, writes a note that just says, kill him. Holy moly. Indy has another one of those uh, moments like he did in Raiders where the guy wh- whips out the sword and Indy yeah. just rolls his eyes and shoots him. <laughs> so Indy does. Indy shoots first, kills who ultimately is either the father or grandfather of this journalist, saves older Indy.
1: Harrison from- Ford always shoots first
0: and now Terran Edgerton gets to <laughs> so you know the, yeah, the you, you yeah. kill the guy's father he disappears you save old indy that's great um, and then you find out yeah that that this book he's able to you know mm-hmm. switch time yeah. Um, exactly the mechanics of how that works, or why Indy then loses the book again. I think I sure. had in my treatment that that more or less it's a collection of books, mm-hmm. and that when they're together they have the power, but if they're separated okay. they don't. So that's why Indy's willing to let. Oh, you
1: know, like, like the stones from Yeah the Avengers. So he's
0: you know <laughs> he he might take a couple and hide them, right. uh, And then he he ends up uh, uh, you know letting Yale have the other one, where he goes, you know, what harm is it? Um, but I think we find out too that. You know, one of the ending lines, I think, mm-hmm. kind of the when uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark ends with kind of that ominous, ooh, there's mm-hmm. a bigger picture here, we don't know what's going on, uh, that the idea that Indy discovers that uh, the reason no one has ever been able to translate this book from any past languages is because he realizes, well, the book hasn't been written yet. Oh, whether that means anything or not, it's just, uh, it's just that tease that you don't care that it never gets answered. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, drawing in enough real history of a real item that people can then go have their own conspiracies about, yeah. um, is enough to get people talking. I think it's, it's certainly less known than mm-hmm. the Ark of the Covenant or the Holy Grail, but less, uh, esoteric than, uh, yeah. you know, the Mitchell Hodges skull, right. uh, and, and less weird. It's not aliens and even though there's a <laughs> time travel element, it's not Indy going back in time. It's, yeah, it's not sci-fi. the people traveling through time yeah, so much as and the and that's where I've I've liked that Indiana Jones and at least the first 3 movies have that mystical magical mm-hmm. element but Absolutely, it doesn't yeah. overwhelm the story. Indy doesn't right. get magic powers to save the world. It's he's you know yeah. and I think this is the same kind of thing. There is yeah. a magical power Indy can't explain it. He can use it to save the day. But at yeah. the end of the day, he goes, this is dangerous. Let's split it up and make sure mm-hmm. at least no one in our timeline can.
1: It's dangerous, like the Ark of the Covenant.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think it's another one of those. In my Indy, he realizes that sometimes that is the best. Mm-hmm. Hide these things away because people can't be trusted.
1: I love it. I I, I love that you brought a little bit of, of the more modern... Um, Fad, if you want to call it that, of making things complicated, like Christopher Nolan likes to do. Um, the time, anytime there's messing with time, I'm in. I love those kind of movies. So I like the parallel stories. I like mess. I like movies that mess with time. Um, I do think Nolan's probably the the guy that would probably be interested in this. But I think um, so. Well,
0: and, and that's why I'm curious. The next uh, thing I wanted to ask you was, yeah, uh, I I had I had a hard time trying to decide. I think yeah. uh, if the Indy 5 that we know is going to get made, uh, James Mangold uh, mm. is attached to that, who mm-hmm. did uh, most recently Ford vs. Ferrari, which I thought was one of my favorite movies yeah. that, uh, of that year. Uh, but he also did uh, Logan, mm-hmm. and The Wolverine, and he's done a few other things. So I think if he directed either of our movies, I think that's capable hands. Yeah. Um, but the one I had picked was uh, Matthew Vaughn, uh, who did Kingsmen, which is okay. kind of inspired by the uh, Taron Egerton. Yeah. Um, but he also did X-Men First Class, which okay. was one of it's honestly my favorite x-men movie
1: mm-hmm. that's, that's a great movie yeah so yeah, i like the connection too with the edgerton because directors like to work with actors they've worked with before so yeah i like that a lot um so who direct yours yeah i forgot to mention that when i did my uh little breakdown but um i was looking at like a more like an action like green grass kind of guy yeah yeah.
0: Uh, steady cam uh, Yeah, some, uh, I love his bo- work in
1: the Bourne movies. And I feel like, yeah, with the action sequences that I want in mine, I think he would do a pretty good job with that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of yeah. who I had on my list for, for mine. Um,
0: I think that would, um, with a more modern take too, especially if you have that same cinematography. Because right. I just went and saw News of the World, um, and there are certain – very paul greengrassy moments where yeah. it, it zooms and it's it's shaky and in a western i just didn't feel it yeah i think in a more modern setting i think yeah, absolutely he, uh, oh he can definitely uh
1: do an action yeah. scene oh yeah yeah so yeah I, I, I that's who i had um i also wanted to so i love both ideas um i would definitely go see your movie of course we want to hear from the listeners you know again uh, follow us at Rehash Podcast. We're going to tweet a poll um, right after we post the episode. So which one would you be more likely to plunk your money down to go see, even though as we have established, you're going to go see any <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. But uh, would you rather see Aurora Jones and the Quest for Indy's Treasures or was it Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and the Book of, Book of, of Time? Time? Okay. so which, we'll-
0: which movie would you go see? Twice. yeah
1: there you go yeah. which one would you see multiple times in the theater so vote on our poll uh and again like i said offer us your suggestions for maybe you've got casting ideas or you've got an idea what the cool movie poster for that would look like or soundtrack ideas whatever you got um share your ideas with us happy to hear them so i'm speaking, excited for fan art oh yeah make send us some fan posters. art yeah we want to know what outfits would they wear like we said earlier with aurora what would she be wearing so yeah i'd love to hear uh your feedback your ideas and what you think of ours of course but speaking of ideas you talked uh, before we went uh, uh started recording you talked about you had some other ideas you kicked around do you want to just talk
0: about maybe some of the ideas that didn't make the cut for you that oh, you yeah. played around with yeah so uh in terms of the mcguffin and there's a lot of articles out there about what indy should chase. Uh, I think some of the more popular ones are Pandora's Box, mm. which it, to me is too close to the Ark of the Covenant. Yep, um, Atlantis is one, and I know there's a video game where he does that. Um, yeah. But also Finding a Lost City, he kind of did already in the fourth movie.
1: Yeah, and that's been done a lot in
0: the Uncharted yeah.
1: games, too, yeah. like we talked
0: about earlier. So. so there things like that were ones that were... Um, uh, trying to get to finding that MacGuffin that is mm-hmm. different enough from not just anything indie has gone after, but something that isn't overdone in, in all the other things we've seen. Right. Um, and then the casting was the other thing where I think there are a lot of inspired choices out there. Yeah. Um, the problem is, as I think they're... Too old, and I don't mean to say that they're not too old by any means, mm-hmm. but too old to recast Indiana Jones. Mm. Yeah, I know Bradley Cooper uh, and Chris Pratt are both names, yeah. and once you've got guys in their forties, by no means old, but I want to recast Indy back as a as a twenty something year old, mm-hmm. so that we can get years out of them, right? Uh, rather than just just missing or falling in just shy of where Harrison yeah. Ford would be anyway yeah. that makes in a sense. few years. So, yeah. Um, what about you?
1: you- um, I only kicked around one or, one other uh, idea for a rehash, and it wouldn't have been a sequel; it would have been a spoof. And- <laughs> <laughs> we do have to hear this. It was going to be, yeah. I didn't flesh it out a lot, but it was it was basically basically going to be some fanboys trying to chase down in Indiana Jones fashion the script for Indy Five. That they've <laughs> that they've heard is out there, and it's this yeah, it's this treasure that they're trying to uh, track down. So yeah, it would it would be sort of making fun of treasure hunting movies with these fanboys hunting down uh, the the lost script, if you will, to Indy Five. But that's about as far as I got with it. So yeah, that's the only other idea I kicked around. But but yeah, I would be I would go see any of these movies. Hopefully you would too. So. Again, like I said, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, this has been the, the debut episode of Rehash. So uh, you can find us uh, again at Twitter at Rehash Podcast. Uh, find us on all your favorite platforms. Uh, rehashpod.com is where you can go uh, to listen or find out where you can listen. So rehashpod.com. Again, follow us on Twitter, Rehash Podcast. Ryan, it's been a real pleasure sitting down with you to, to talk Indiana Jones. This was fun. It was a blast, so this has been rehashing Indiana Jones.